Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I'm going to come to the Bible verse and then I'm going to make a few more comments out of that. So welcome. And if you're a dad this morning that's come because it's particularly Father's Day, as Christian said, a particularly warm welcome uh, to you. And uh, here's, here's the title this morning, which hopefully will make a little bit more sense as we go along. The title of the message is Just Like Dad. Just like Dad. Now, um, Father's Day. We've got to the next slide, Daniel. Thanks. Um, it's often an emotive subject. That word emotive or emotion means that it stirs feelings. And it may be today you've not looked forward to this day. And there could be numbers of reasons. So let me just, this is just a, an in, so I'm just going to touch on it. But why, why sometimes do things get stirred in us when we're, we're talking about such a wholesome subject as fathering? Number one, poor teaching. Uh, can I just say, as someone that likes to communicate the word, poor teaching is always worse than no teaching. Always. You know, I, I've tried to speak to some people at times that have been the victim of poor teaching, and it somehow clings to people. It sticks to them. They have to find a release. In other words, to move. Whereas in no teaching, at least you can fill the vacuum. And the poor teaching is that, uh, sadly, at times. Uh, communicators, churches have portrayed God in a way that the Bible doesn't. Uh, if you were at uh, First Tuesday two or three months ago, you'll uh, be reminded that Christians spoke on Abba, Father, uh, Romans 8, uh, 15, 16. It's, it's the Aramaic term. It's, it's used deliberately uh, in, in, uh, in the New Testament that's full of Greek to emphasise the intimacy that God the Father wants with his son's and daughters he's angry with sin he's not angry with you he loves you he woos you he cares for you he longs for you when you mess up God still loves you exactly the same if you're a dad this morning that lives with failure God loves you he's for you he's around you and so um, that's the first thing number two bad earthly experiences you see, you may have you may have uh, encountered in your journey, sadly, displeasure, disappointment, distance. I remember interviewing one of our young women that went on a journey of Assemblies of God ministry. It was a very, it was an incredible day. One guy came and, spoke and, and said that he'd lived in 37 different houses by the time he was 18. How many of you know that's dysfunctional? But God had called him to ministry. This lady came in and spoke about the distance of her earthly father and the pain that it caused her, and yet a call to ministry. It may be those things and worse. But again, I remind you this morning, and thank you for the team. I was sort of driving in this morning. I thought, oh, we're going to have that song this morning. And Kevin, the guy just landed it because he's a good, good father. It's who he is. And he's perfect in all his ways. And he loves you. Number three, binding attitudes. Um, and so uh, this morning, you feel a failure. Uh, you feel as though you've always messed up. And God's still for you. Uh, you feel as though perhaps you've been forsaken. There's friction. I was talking to one of my colleagues that is a senior prison chaplain uh, that represents Assemblies of God in the prison ministry. And we, we're thrilled with our chaplaincies developed in Pentecostal circles, in, particularly in the last 15 years. And he said to me, he told me the story of, uh, of uh, the prisoners that he had a pastoral responsibility for, that on Mother's Day, every one of the prisoners made sure they sent a card to the mum. On Father's Day, nobody did. Nobody did. 
And then let me just go to the next slide and just mention these three things. Because here's why sometimes it's difficult. Number one, there's an attack on fathering. There's a, the liberal Western agenda uh, wants to completely deny the power of fathering in the earth. Uh, to the extent that through biological science, people can now even enjoy the blessing of procreation without a father being involved. That's an attack. Number two, the abdication of fathers. We have to recognise, friends, that sadly at times, and I don't say this with any sense of hitting somebody hard, but the fact is that fathers have walked away on occasions from the responsibilities that God has given to us. It's a holy call and God wants to help us. Uh, out of some research that Assemblies of God United States did, and bear in mind it's a huge organisation, they came up with these statistics. That children growing up with involved fathers are 60% less likely to be suspended or expelled from school. Children growing up with involved fathers are 75% less likely to have a teenage birth. And children growing up with involved fathers are 80% less likely to go to prison. And you can't deny those stats. Let me just say that around our church and please here this morning I'm thinking of all the caveats to make sure I try and work it we've got incredible single parent mums that have done an awesome job and we salute you we honour you we bless you we praise you but it doesn't deny the fact that God longs for a fathering spirit to be around formative years life for people because it helps them and sets them up for a win and then the affirmation of fathers and so God writes a lot in the Bible about affirming dads and as somebody said, and I believe it was Bishop Jakes, he says, God's order has God's backing to bring about God's blessing. And so wherever you are on the fathering journey, God is for you, he's around you. If you need to find healing this morning, he'll help you. If you need to find restoration, he'll help you. If you need to find some sense of repairing relationships, he'll help you because in front of you is better than behind you and God wants to bless Jesus, uh, let me read that verse that Christian alluded to some weeks ago. Because you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption into sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So let me go to the Bible verse this morning. And here it is from the New American Standard Bible. Be imitators of God. The NIV says follow God's example. And the word there literally means mimic. Now, we're not talking about aping God in a false way. In fact, you can only mimic God when you found a relationship with him. And again, we're going to give opportunity for that later. But on this journey, we are called to mimic God. And this morning, to reflect the fatherhood of God. Now, mimicking, we see on numbers of occasions, you know, a Premier League player does a daft goal celebration on a Saturday. The lads are doing it on a Sunday, on, 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 out on the pitches. Uh, when Usain Bolt was tearing up the turf and running uh, 100 metres in, in nine and a half seconds, you know, when everybody was doing it, and the Mobot with MoFat, and so we go on sport. So we all love to mimic, mimic. Now then, let me put this photograph up. <coughs> Forgive me, it's a bit grainy, it's a photo. This is my late dad. And uh, so um, he was born in the same year as our wonderful Queen Elizabeth 1926 in fact within a few weeks she was born in April 26 dad May 22nd and uh, in uh, June 30th 2013 just coming up to six years ago he went to be with his lord we had a baptismal service here and uh, 
Sharon's brother-in-law, uh, sorry, brother from Australia was with us who, who sadly passed away last year. And we were all pumped up for the service. So my kid brother Simon rang up and says, Dad's gone. And so I had to sort of divert and go to Colton and miss the service. And uh, so uh, on days like today, I, I think a lot about my dad. Um, and uh, let me just say one or two things about him before we get to really what I want to say in the second part of the message. So my dad was, uh, he fathered seven children and brought them up with my mum. Uh, he never had a driving licence. He, uh, he never went on a plane. Uh, when they started to go to painting, he thought he'd got to get a visa to get there. And, to, you, know, um, you know, and of course, as I shared in Mother's Day, they never got to Scotland to the West Coast, you know, because of my mum's issues. And uh, he was unfailingly resolute in helping her during those 11 years. And uh, uh, as you can see, he was a bit challenged on top. And uh, I, I, can, I, I can never remember my dad. Uh, you know, he got married at 24 and, and he'd, he'd gone, you know. And so um, I'm thankful it's gone slow, you know. <laughs> And I'm still in denial. It's not as thin on top as it really is. But, but there he is. And uh, so uh, my dad booked the trend because um, some of you guys now like to get in the kitchen. You, you, you know, you love James Martin and John Tarot and all these great chefs that are around nowadays with numerous TV programmes. But my dad in another generation booked the trend because uh, he's a Brummy by birth and uh, he came to do his national service and uh, for everybody under 40, I'll explain what national service is <laughs> afterwards. But he came to do his national service at Chilwell Barracks and he was in the catering corps. And uh, he met my mum. And uh, as our national leader reminded us at the conference last year, God's a man and he's a man with a plan. And my mum's parents had moved from Lancashire, from Wigan, after the war because the cotton mills were closing down and uh, they couldn't get any work. And then somebody planted a church in the suburbs of Nottingham my grandma got born again. And when she got born again, she got born again. Oh, I'm telling you, she was the best personal evangelist I've ever come across in her A-Day. With humour, you know, just not sure, you know, she'd sit on a park bank for an hour. Anybody that sat there, they'd be challenged with where they stood with Jesus. Without feeling, you know, it'd just end up friendly, you know. Just had an incredible bit. Anyway, they got born again. My dad met my mum. They got married in 1950. And the rest of the say is history. And uh, so uh, he was a great cook. Oh, the natural habitat for my dad was the kitchen. Um, and in that era, of course, blokes like wanted the dinner on the table. Cooking, you know, but it was just what he was. And uh, Sharon will tell you that it, it got a bit silly because on New Year's Day, we used to have this tradition as we grew up and started to have kids that we'd meet at my mum and dad's on New Year's Day. All the lads would go and play football on the park. And, and, the, and, and we'd come back and we'd have dinner. And it got to 22 of us. And somewhere he got a trestle table from somewhere right down the middle of the room. <laughs> 22 of us. But I can always remember, and it always happened, he never sat at the table. He was happy behind mounds of mash peas and carrots as long as everybody else and uh, he wasn't perfect like none of us are but he was one of the most selfless men I have ever come across he never took anything to himself never and uh, on days like today I miss him of course but why do I put him up there well as he got older I started to get worried because Sharon and my siblings three of each used to increasingly say to me you know what 
you are becoming more and more just like that. Now, as he got into his 80s, and he put a little bit of weight on as he got older, as he got into his 80s, he had two dodgy knees. He needed a walking stick to get around. I think to myself, am I getting that old? <laughs> but of course, I think it was more to do with a similarity of expressions and mannerisms. And in that sense, I think Shane will agree with me, out of my th- f- three brothers, the four of us, I'm, I'm most like my dad. In, 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 so, um, just like dad. So... Thinking about that this morning and coming back to our verse. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. And this morning, whether you're a young person, young man, young woman, older person, a dad, a mum, a grandparent, you're on your own, wherever you are, for the last few minutes of the message, I just want to simply encourage us on this Father's Day that every one of us have the God-given opportunity to be just like Dad, to mimic him, to follow him, to reflect his ways. You know, this is the start because sometimes people want to see your ways before they'll listen to your words. They want to see you in action before you have the privilege of uh, conversing. And so I'm encouraging us today, whatever the journey, to increasingly be just like dad. You say, that's impossible for me. I'll never keep it up. I'll never be able to do it. No, you'll never be able to do it in your own strength. Absolutely impossible. But there's a way to the father this morning and his name's Jesus. And when we come to him, he starts to make everything possible in our life. In fact, the more we get into Jesus, the more we realise that that's what really matters in life. It really, really does. So in verses 2 to 21 of Ephesians 5, which we don't have time to read this morning, Here's three things that help us to reflect God. Number one, I'm encouraging us this morning to live a life of love because the God the Father is love. And he says there that we are to walk in the way of love, verse two, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You know, there's a million songs, poems, lyrics written about love and often they miss the mark. Uh, the, The love that Patrick was alluding to that he's seeking to invade with the gospel of light in a few weeks' time. It's temporary, it's transient, it takes and then pushes away. It's often selfish. But the love of Jesus was completely different to that. And the Bible says that Christ loved us, it involved a, a price that nobody else could pay, and that we are his children. In fact, the Bible says that, behold, what manner of love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called the children of God. And then he says, if you want to be just like dad, how about you living a life of love? And Christians, right, we love blokes in Arena Church. We love the balance that we've got. We love that lots of men come through the life of the church. And we get men. We are men. And we're real men. And we understand all the challenges. We've raised families. We're raising families. All the challenges that come to our lives. And we love the fact that men go on a journey of faith in Arena. We love the fact that you don't have to tiptoe in and tiptoe out because There's nobody else here for you. There are people here that want to stand with you and pray with you and bless you. So that in manliness and in womanhood, we would truly live a life of love that is not soppy and wet, but is strong and powerful. It's a love that reflects the character of God. It's a love that validates the fact that we've come from darkness to light. It's a love that validates our discipleship journey. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my 
disciples. And uh, as someone says, the love of God to us and in us is not shallow or sentimental. It is agape love. It is rooted in the will of God. If I can say this, the love that took Jesus to die for us on the cross was rooted in the will of God. And he wants to lay that into our lives so that we live with a rootedness of love that takes us to places that we never thought possible. Number two, if we want to be just like dad, then let's live as children of light. God the Father is light. And in verses uh, three to 14, we get a list there and I can only bullet point it this morning. But uh, the Apostle Paul is encouraging these people to live no longer in dark, but light. Somebody's all right for them. But let me just paint you a picture of Ephesus for a moment. One of the great cities of the New Testament day where there was a huge temple to the goddess Artemis or Diana, depending on what translation you read, where there were things that took place in the vicinity of that temple that could not be repeated on a public platform. And where Jesus came in the power of his gospel, so much so that the gospel caused a riot. We don't want a riot in Toulouse, but we want people to get changed. 50,000 Days wages were put on a bonfire in repentance to the gospel. Read about it in the Acts. An amazing turnaround. And William Barclay says, the Apostle Paul lifted a standard which ordinary even people had never previously dreamed of. In other words, Paul said to this church that had been called out of dark deeds, live now as children of light. Because if you do, you'll be just like that. Because he's the father of light and three little things to think about that number one is pleasing and as we've been doing our series of stop it we realize at times it's not a negative but when we want to please God there are red lights that he begins to put around our life and says that's not going to be good for you so if you want to please me you need to come away from that and start to implement the ways that I talk about and the list is there the list of no longer being immoral and impure and greedy and obscene and coarse because these things have no inheritance in the kingdom. And then of producing. Those of you that are good at growing plants and flowers will know that light is so important. And people that grow these for shows go to extreme lengths at times. Have you seen nowadays as they keep these... Uh, these football pitches, pristine, that in a lot of the top games now, they have, when everybody's gone and everything, you'll sometimes see somebody being interviewed and there's these lights across the grass, you know. Now, I was watching one of the old games from 1975 on BT the other day. They were proper football pitches. (laughs) You would have got... Man City playing like they do now. It would have been going mad. There was mud and sand and everything. But nowadays, whatever time of the year, you've got a bowling green to play on. And they give it a lot of attention. They bring a lot of light to care for the pitch. And uh, if you will give yourself to light, then you will produce fruit in your life. Fruit of goodness and righteousness and truth. It's all in those verses. And finally, there's a perfecting when we give ourselves to light. We were in a core group meeting earlier this week and Christian was reminding us to rouse ourselves, to rouse the warrior. And the call here, and the Apostle Paul uses a little poem to illustrate it, is not to slumber or to sleep, but to shine. To shine. 
to shine. And you may say, well, you know, there's 100 blokes at my workplace. Nobody believes in Jesus. But forgive the cliche this morning, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I tell you, if you shine, you'll, you'll make such an impact. It'll be breathtaking. And they might take the rip a bit and ridicule you and say, oh, yeah. But I'm telling you, when they're going through issues, when they're going through challenges, you're the guy that they're going to seek out to ask if our church will pray for them in their times of need and crisis. And thirdly, live as, just going to live as not as unwise, but wise because God the Father is wise. Romans 16, 7 is the only, only wise God. In a few weeks' time, we're coming to the main summer uh, uh, period of our church, the uh, young people and boys and girls on holiday, people to and fro. But as you know, we always like to have a strong thread of ministry. And uh, this year we're going to be doing uh, and bringing, drawing people in from the life of Arena Ilkerson and Mansfield, of course. But we're going to be uh, looking at the Proverbs, the wise sayings of God. And, uh, and so we hope that you'll get something from that. But the wise sayings of God emanate from a wise God. Wisdom is not being clever, clever. Wisdom is not sort of bandying your degree around. And we're all for people getting degrees. Wisdom is keying into the ways that make life work. With God as our example. So in those verses, and forgive me, I've missed off uh, the Ephesians reference there. And the Ephesians reference is chapter 5, verses 14 to 21. But the wise ways that God points us to here is redeeming the time, making most of every opportunity, of walking in God's will of being filled with the Spirit, of worshipping, of always being thankful, of submitting one to another. There's individuality and community right in the heart of those verses. And as we do that, we live out the wise ways of God that make life a blessing. So I close. Dads, we honour you today. We really, really do. I'm part of the Dad's Union and I've been in it for 36 years. And uh, I'd love to say I've always got it right. I haven't. I'd love to say I had an answer for every situation, but I didn't. And when my kids walked in and the boyfriend told them he didn't love them anymore, you know, running to page 86 of James Dobson in his book, he didn't do it, you know. And I love James Dobson and what he's sown into the church. But it's an intuitive thing at times. When the rabbit died and our Alison disappeared for two days, you realise why... I never wanted domestic pets, but anyway, you know. <laughs> it's the pain when they've gone. When I'm waving my daughter off more times than I care to remember to go and live 12,000 miles back in Australia. And yet we're still on a journey. And I thank God for a great relationship with my two grown-up daughters that are now really great women doing a great job yeah. and now I'm in the grandparent season and granddad season and all being well a little later I'll see a couple of them and uh, that's just a real joy as well so we get it yeah. we get it and if Christian and myself and the senior leadership team of our church can say we're glad that we've not done it without Jesus yeah. we're glad that he's been with us we're glad that he's lifted us up we're glad that we've been able to run to the Father and say, God, you've got to help us in this situation. And he's always been good. He's always been faithful. And sometimes it may have seemed a bit gloomy and dark, but God's always brought us through. And I'm just an ordinary bloke. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. So we honour you today. We want to say this morning that if you've never 
come to the Father, you can't just ape him or mimic him out of religion. It really isn't going to work. But this morning, the Bible says that I am the way, the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father but by me. And this morning, I'm going to ask for a response in prayer in a moment or two. And if you'll say, that's me, and I need Jesus, then I'm telling you, as you begin to grow in the faith of following Jesus, you will then be able to come and put into practice the privilege of being an imitator of God. And on this journey, friends, uh, we just want to continually uh, bolster the Father in spirit that sits over Arena Church. And uh, as Christian said earlier, and we say it respectfully, some churches just don't carry it. And we realise there's a spiritual contest taking place for that. But God wants us in these days through our ministry, through our example, through our encouragement to continually bolster a father in spirit, spiritually that sits over the church because it will be for our betterment and it will help us to keep multiplying. So be imitators of God. When Sharon and my brother and sister used to say to me, you know what, you're just getting more and more just like dad. It wasn't an offence to me, even though we had a laugh about it. Uh, because there were qualities in my dad that still shaped me. And I'm so thankful for them. But this morning, I want to, more than anything, be an imitator of the heavenly father. Because he is love and light and wise, I want, by God's grace, also to be someone that will live love, that will shine light and they will express the wise ways of the Lord. I hope that you do too. And as we conclude our Father's Day service this morning, if increasingly on your journey of faith, you're getting people saying to you, you know what? You're just like Dad. Realise that's how it's always meant to be. Let's pray.